Good morning on this Sunday morning. We want to welcome you to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We have been learning in our devotional time about the Feast of First Fruits. It was one of the feasts of the Lord that was ordained for the nation of Israel. And in it are the mysteries and the types and the shadows and all of these things concerning the death of Jesus Christ, the burial and his resurrection. Now, you may think or say, well, why is the resurrection so important? Why just not the crucifixion? The resurrection puts the seal on it. It is the the act that says it is not only finished, but that the blood has done its work and that the promised first fruits of the dead are the guarantee that all the rest of those that believe and either fall asleep or are alive when the Lord comes back are guaranteed that they will be raised up, they will be given new bodies, and they will truly reign as kings and priests with Christ during his time. In the book of 1 Corinthians, in chapter 15, verse 12, we want to follow Paul's thinking a little bit as we enter it a little bit more deeper into the Feast of First Fruits and the importance of the resurrection and applying the blood. Remember, when the people of Egypt came out, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, the blood had to be taken from the lamb into a basin and then applied with hyssop on the doorpost for them to be protected and for them to be delivered. If you stepped out of the door, you were going to be in trouble. If the lamb was not killed, you were going to be in trouble. If the lamb was killed and the blood was just in the basin, you were going to be in trouble. The blood had to be applied to the doorpost. Now you may think and say, what does this have to do with us today? Well, when you stop and think about it, if the blood had to be applied, and there are several ways that the blood is or was applied, then let's look at just some of the things that the scriptures mention. In the book of Leviticus, in chapter 14, it mentions the hyssop that was used to apply or sprinkle the blood that was going to be upon the leopard, uh, a cleansing process, a purification which, of course, most uh, that have studied the Bible understand and know that a leopard always represents the life of a sinner or a sinner that needs uh, to be forgiven and to be redeemed. Then at the same time, in the book of Numbers, in chapter 19, the scripture talks about the red heifer and how the hyssop was also uh, burnt along with everything else. But the blood, in this case, was applied with the fingers, the right hand, the right fingers, and they were applied in seven. They were applied seven times in the direction towards uh, the tabernacle, and then by the time we get to Jesus, then when he was on the cross, of course he on a stick of hyssop uh, was put uh, vinegar uh, because he thirsted, and it was. Uh, brought to his mouth. Now, this kind of gives us a clue uh, a little bit as to now, we as believers, what is going to happen. 
By the time we get to the book of Revelation in chapter 12, it talks about how they overcame him, talking about Satan, uh, with the blood of the Lamb, and with the word of God, and with their testimony. The testimony, we can say, is the hyssop that has been applied to our mouth. It is what we believe that God has said about the blood, about the lamb, about his word, and we apply that to our individual lives. Remember, just like the blood was applied to the doorpost, it has to be applied in our lives. It cannot stay in the basin. So there was need for Jesus as the first fruits to arise, resurrect from the dead, and apply his own blood in the tabernacle, in the temple of God. And just like the book of Hebrews says in chapter 9, as the shadows of the high priest in the Old Testament cleansing the vessels with the blood, so Jesus entering into the Holy of Holies and entering into the tabernacle to apply the blood for us. Now, this is what it says in the book of 1 Corinthians fifteen twelve. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now remember, in connection with and in association with the Feast of First Fruits, this is a very important question. If there is no resurrection, there is no applying of the blood. The blood literally stayed in the basin and was never applied. But it says in verse 13, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Verse 14, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. In other words, think about it. If we preach a resurrection and Christ has not arose from the dead, then how are we supposed to rise from the dead? If he didn't conquer death, if he didn't conquer hell, then that means that we will die and we will perish. But because he did rise from the dead and was able to apply his blood in the heavens of heavens, in that temple and tabernacle of God, then our faith is not in vain. But if he is not risen, then our faith is in vain. And it says in the scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 15, Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he has raised up Christ, whom he raised up not, if so be that the dead rise not. See, so it becomes a very crucial pivoting point. If there is no resurrection, if there is no resurrection, then our message is in vain. We're still going to be in our sins. We're going to die in our sins. It is important to understand that Jesus at the cross gave the death blow to the enemy because the righteous, innocent blood 
of a man was shed. Somebody has got to pay. In this case, it was because of Satan having instigated the crowd that he be killed. But at the same time, because Jesus was innocent in all aspects without blemish, then God requires somebody to pay. Just like in the Old Testament, the shedding of innocent blood. In the book of Proverbs, it says there's seven things that God hates, but six for sure. One mentions the shedding of innocent blood. So here we find that Jesus shed his blood, but if he has not been raised from the dead, then it has been of no purpose. We are witnesses to a lie. But if Christ is risen from the dead, then there is a difference of our faith and confidence in him. In 1 Corinthians fifteen sixteen, if the dead rise not, then is not Christ risen. Verse 17, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and you are yet in your sins. Verse 18, then they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Verse 19, and if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. And here's where we'll conclude for today until Monday. But now, 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 in other words, it is a done deal, a done finished product. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of them, of them that slept. For since by one man came death, by, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22 for if in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Verse 23, but every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that are Christ at his coming. May the Lord richly bless you as we continue tomorrow in Jesus' name. Amen.